Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. So Prof, we have a question for you. Dusika says, hi, I'm going through IVF. I'm 450 GNO and different injections spray in Victoria, had three cycles, didn't work. I'm producing eggs, but not growing. How can I improve? Should I change specialists? How old is probably the first question I would ask. If she's on 450, and uh, that's the highest dose. So I suspect that she's an older lady. The reality uh, of older women is that egg quality is poorer and gets poorer every year that goes past after the age of 38. It is, uh, to our you know, current science, nothing has been shown to improve that egg quality. Well, she says 31. Wow. Okay. It's interesting that she should be on uh, a dose of 450. That potentially means that her egg numbers, the AMH test that would have been done, was actually quite low. But that shouldn't change egg quality because at 31 the egg quality should be better so i suppose get a second opinion it's always good in melbourne there are a number of who behind their name have c-r-e-i so they've got franscov which is the our basic qualification but then there are those of us that have done the the extra years of training um and c-r-e-i's melbourne ivf i know has has a number of these doctors who have done this extra work and when you get into difficult situations, these people are particularly the people you should be seeking out. That's where, where I would go next. Keeping on doing the same thing again and again in the same laboratory probably isn't the right thing to do. I would uh, look for someone who is a subspecialist with a CREI, go to them, get them to look at what's happened so far and see if there's any suggestions. Prof Tusika says, I'm 3% on egg count. So that's that's what Jen is she's saying is that probably her AMH level, the anti-malarian hormone is a test we all do on any patient about to go into IVF. It gives us an idea of the number of eggs in the left in the ovary. And a level of three is low for a 31-year-old. It'd be what we'd expect in a 42-year-old, but not in a 31-year-old. But we do see it sadly. And what it means is when we stimulate you, we're not going to get vast numbers of eggs. It it doesn't reflect egg quality. So I'm a little concerned that the embryos aren't growing on. I'd be looking at the sperm in a bit more detail to make sure it's not a sperm problem as well. I We look for DNA fragmentation in the sperm. So that's breakup of the chromosome material in the sperm head. That can lead to poor uh, fertilization and poor embryo growth. But again, the experts on this are the people with the REI behind their name. I noticed in the bank there was uh, questions about frozen versus fresh, which is a, I won't say it's a vexed issue, but it's, it's an issue that we, we debate and we're still debating. 
if we were having this debate uh, or this discussion a decade ago, I would have said there is no question that a fresh embryo transfer is better than a frozen one. A decade ago, I would have said uh, if you were 35 years old with a fresh transfer, your chances of a pregnancy were around about 35%. And if you had an extra embryo and we froze it and we transferred that embryo, it's more like 25%. So there was a significant difference. Today, I would be saying at 35, your chances of pregnancy are not 35%, but 40% with a fresh cycle. And for a frozen cycle, exactly the same, 40%. So technology has improved. The freezing process for embryo has changed. It used to be a long process over three or four hours as we dropped the temperature of the embryo slowly from room temperature down to minus 70. What we do now is much simpler. We basically dry out the embryo first <laughs> because ice crystals are not good for the bits and pieces inside the cell that make the cell work. So if you create icicles inside a cell, you damage the very intricate processes that are going on inside the egg. So the first thing we do is put it into a solution which basically sucks out all the water. But as soon as we do that today, we dump the embryo into liquid nitrogen straight down to 76, minus 76 degrees. And that process is far better in terms of pregnancy rates than the old method of slow freezing. That change has led to frozen cycles being as good as fresh. There are situations, obviously, um, the most common one where we use frozen embryos is where we have transferred an embryo and either got a pregnancy or not. And if there's an extra embryo, we put it in the freezer for another pregnancy in the future, or if you didn't get pregnant, uh, transferring that in the next month or so. That's the commonest reason for a, a frozen. But there are other reasons. Um, there are cycles that are not good cycles from the point of view of the lining of the womb. And we know that when we measure progesterone levels just before the egg collection. And if those levels are high, the lining of the womb is going to be out of synchrony with the embryo when we put it back five days later. So if we have high progesterone levels, we freeze all the embryos. At least good clinics should be doing that. It reduces the pregnancy rate if we carry on by about 50%. So it's not a good thing. So that's one reason for freezing all the embryos. The second uh, reason is if you're going to have genetic testing of the embryos, because that takes somewhere between six and 10 days. And so we don't get that done uh, in time to put back a fresh embryo. So we freeze all the embryos after we biopsied them. There are clinics, and there's one in Queensland in particular, uh, where the doctor there has assessed all the evidence and he sees that frozen is as good as fresh and therefore he freezes all cycles and his pregnancy rates are the best in his group in Queensland. It is slightly biased in the sense that if an embryo is good enough to freeze, you probably are getting the, the, the pick of the bunch. If there were no embryos that were good enough to freeze, and you put them back, you'll get a lower pregnancy rate, but still get a pregnancy rate. Overall, it will look like um, your fresh transfer rate is poor um, because you're the other ones with the poorest embryos. And secondly, those embryos won't be being transferred after a frozen cycle. So there is some bias in, in that statistic. However, there have now been big randomized controlled trials that show absolutely no difference in the long-term outcomes in terms of pregnancy rates and babies of uh, frozen versus fresh. In fact, there is a little bit of a positive about frozen ones. 
IVF babies overall, over many, many years, have been shown to be slightly smaller than average babies. It's not much, it's about 150 grams. With frozens, in fact, the opposite. They're slightly bigger, about 120 uh, grams more than the average. So they're good-sized babies with frozens. Fresh versus frozen, either way is good, no question of that, provided you're going to a clinic with a good laboratory that can freeze embryos well. The big labs uh, of the big clinics are actually the place to be if you're going to use frozen embryos. They have the most consistent and better results. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 